Hello, 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 and welcome on back to Embracing Your Energy. I am so excited you are joining today for another Behind the Energy episode where we have a guest expander on. This week we have Mercedes, who is just an absolute gem. She left me buzzing after this conversation. Like my energy was just buzzing throughout my entire body. It was like, radiating radiating everywhere. I had to even like leave the house to go for a walk and do some grounding just because I had gone up on such a high, uh, which just shows the energy that she puts off into the world. But this is an amazing episode where she is talking about how she just went all in full time in her business and what her life was like before going all in and then what it's currently like. And we touch a bit on energetics and how she plans out her week to make sure she's getting things done and moving the needle forward within her business. And we also hear a bit about her past and how she even found the world of spirituality and mindfulness and really what has led her to her current mission today. So get ready for an amazing episode and yeah, let's jump on in. Welcome to Embracing Your Energy, a spiritual podcast for women who are ready to break free from the limits they've set for themselves. I'm Jen Murphy, a life coach, mindfulness expert, and your host. I'm here to guide you on a journey of self-discovery and transformation. On this podcast, we'll be diving into visualizing your possibilities, reprogramming your subconscious, and manifesting your desires. We'll be discussing practical tips and techniques to help you tap into your intuition, increase your self-worth, and create the life you've always dreamed of. This podcast is for the woman who wants to create a life that aligns with her values, passions, and purpose. So whether you're feeling stuck, lost, or just ready for a change, you're in the right place. Remember, you are worthy, you are capable, and you have the power to manifest your wildest dreams. So get ready to let go of limiting beliefs, make some much needed mindset shifts, and finally manifest abundance and success. Let's start embracing your energy. Hello and welcome on back to Embracing Your Energy. I am super excited today because we have a very special guest who I'm going to have introduce herself in a minute, but I'm excited to learn about her story and share her story with you. And yeah, do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Yes. Hello, everyone. I am Mercedes Castellani. I am a spiritual coach and I had the pleasure to meet Jen a couple of months ago when we did, we were in the same container with the same coach, Samantha Daly. And yeah, I'm just, I'm normally focused on meditation, mindset and manifestation. And that's what I work with all of my clients. Perfect. So if we back up a bit with your story, how did you get into like manifestation and meditation? So basically back in 2016, I was working in my corporate job in marketing and I came back home one day feeling super stressed because I had this huge project on my shoulders and I said, okay, I'm just going to meditate. I don't know where it came from. It was just like, let's just meditate. And I sat there for 20 minutes 
And for me, it was just like coming back home. Finally, I could feel peaceful. Finally, I could feel like myself. Um, finally, I could get a little bit rid of the anxiety and the stress. And then I just started meditating from time to time, whenever I had time. And basically that led me into getting into yoga, getting into static dance, getting into spirituality in general, Buddhism, went on several retreats in India, Thailand, uh, Bali, and yeah, and then it started growing, growing, growing like a snowball until it became my, my job, my profession. That's amazing. I feel like I had a very similar start. I was like very overwhelmed at my job. I was a classroom teacher for special ed and I was very burnt out. And one day I like came home and it like popped up. I forget. I think it was like on YouTube, a meditation. And I had never done one before. And I was like, I'll just try it because I don't know what else to do. And that like sparked my entire thing into like going into yoga and like retreats and everything. Like, so it's funny that that's how it worked for you. Did you know of meditation before any of that? Or was it just like? No, I think it just came. I can't remember if I saw an ad or something. I can't remember where the idea came from. I was just like, I'm going to meditate. And and I absolutely loved it. And then the thing with these sort of hobbies is like, you know, normally you have your job and you have some hobbies, you do some sports, you do something. But these sort of hobbies, uh, meditation, yoga, retreats, self-development in general, it starts asking deep questions eventually. And eventually you get into questions like, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your energy? Where do you want to pour your energy you really feel aligned here so you start getting like these these questions and yeah and then sometimes when you actually want to answer properly to those questions you need to shift some realities in your life to to be able to answer those so when those questions started coming up for you how were you with them? I know when it was for me, I kind of, that's when I paused my meditation journey. I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> and then I eventually found it again. Um, were you able to go like straight in and answer them within yourself? Or do you feel like you like buffered and like hit a bit? Mm. You're like, mm. no, I think I lied to myself for a little bit <laughs> because I, I think was everyone doing, does. <laughs> I think I was, I was doing marketing in the wine industry. So super glamorous, you know, super nice. And then when this question came of, okay, what are you doing with your life? Where are you pouring your energy? What is all of this for? I remember I came up with an answer that was like, I'm here to create beauty. <laughs> because, you know, I was in packaging design and communication and all of these things. And I said to myself, I'm here to create beauty. And I think that phrase allowed me to stay in my, you know, current job for another two years. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And, and then eventually the question came up again and I was like, you know what? This is just a lie. This is, <laughs> let's find something a little bit deeper. Then I was lost for another two years, you know, trying to find what it was. I did more, more yoga, more meditation. I even did ayahuasca, cacao ceremonies, like all sorts of things, just trying to understand myself and what I really wanted to do, where I was more, you know, where I was strong, which were my my talents and the things that I could actually share with the world and how I wanted to serve the world. And, and after that period of being lost, I eventually found the answer. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people think the answer comes like once you start meditating and it's important to know it doesn't necessarily, I feel like some people it might just like click depending on where they are in their own journey. And maybe they thought they're at the beginning and they've been doing work, but I feel like you have to like sit with it and really sort through it because like, I know for me, I did the same thing. I gave an answer to that question to keep me where I currently was. Because I was like, well, I'm already this much invested in my life down that path. Like there must have been something there to lead me. Um, And I do think it can kind of merge, but actually like sitting in and being honest and being okay, knowing that you may have not necessarily gone down the wrong path, because I think every path that you go down is for a reason, but just knowing it's okay to shift your path a little bit and you don't have to stay. If it's not yes, bringing you joy. And sometimes you can change direction and the things that you have learned in that preview, in that first path, they will serve you for the second path. All this, you know, skills and experience and knowledge and, and the way even your brain has been shaped, it will serve you for that second uh, for the second path. In my case, I know I, I've been working in marketing for many years in branding. So I know how to create a brand. I know how to create desire in people and I know how to create luxury. So all of those things, I think they're all transferable skills that I can use into my uh, new coaching path. And I think we all have, you know, uh, with your experience in, in education, you really know how to explain things, how to make something super complex, simple for, for people to really understand. And all of those things are also important in coaching. So I think we need to, some people tend to focus in, oh my God, I have lost all of these years, but I think we can actually shift that and think, okay, what is it of all of the things that I have learned during these years that will actually help me propel and move forward in this new path? I completely agree with that. I had that like shift in my mindset a few years ago after I left the classroom because at first I was like, that was a waste. <laughs> like all my degrees, like just leaving the classroom and I just like filled myself with guilt being like, oh, well, you didn't finish it and shifting it like a few years ago to be like, well, all the stuff I learned in that I can apply to this. Um, and it also helped me realize that even right now, like being an online coach, that might shift in the future. Like I'm not locked in for the rest of my life. It may shift in different ways and I might be learning stuff right now that's going to help me on another path in the future. Um, so yeah, I feel like people sometimes get stuck right there. But so you started all the meditation and stuff and you went on retreats. What was the first retreat you went on? I went to Thailand first uh, on a it's an amazing country, on a Vipassana retreat. So it was a silent meditation uh, for two days, no talking, uh, no cell phones, and you just spend time with yourself. And it was amazing, 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 amazing. I realized that I prefer no talk rather than small talk. <laughs> yes. I feel like that is me too. Sometimes when people like start to have conversations, I'm just like, okay, where are we going with this? Like I either need to have it have a whole purpose or it's just like, let's just reflect on our own. Um, so was that your first silent meditation like experience? At yes. All? Yes, that was the first one, and and actually, it's I think it's I think in usual we 
make stories in our head, but that in the end, they're not that bad, you know? I had an amazing time. I had great insights. I realized after that first retreat that actually happiness, peace, all of these things that we seek, they're already inside of us. We just need to stop sometimes, find silence, and really tap because they're they're right there. We don't need to seek joy. We don't need to seek peace. We just need to stop and allow joy and allow peace to to come to the surface. They're already there. Yeah, I think that is super important because I know when I had started, I was constantly just trying to find it and like bring it in. And when I realized it's just here, it was like a whole weight lifted off my like shoulders and chest. I was just like, oh, like you don't have to keep striving. But I think some people get a bit lost in the striving piece. They're like, if I'm, if it's just here, how do I experience it without because it's almost like sometimes people get stuck in their head that they need to be planning the future and planning everything. And that's when all the stories start to come in. So do you have any advice on how to just almost be present with the feelings without necessarily always searching? Like, how did you shift from searching to just being like, here's the peace and joy, like it's right now? I think first is bringing your mind and your heart into the present moment and because we typically either we go to the future or we go to the past and so we get disconnected some people are more in nostalgia and things were better in the past some people are more in the future I'm with that group (laughs) I'm in the future I'm working on pulling back (laughs) so if I don't pay attention I'm going to be living in the future and then I think what really helps me is meditation because then you, your mind just, it goes down and you can actually be present with your emotions, with your feelings, with your body. And something that really helped me as well was um, intuitive dance, static dance, five rhythms, these sort of intuitive uh, embodiment practices. They really helped me to come back to my body and to really feel what I have, what I feel right here, right now. And I don't need to go to the present or the future. I just focus on my body, how it feels and how my heart feels that day when I'm moving. Yeah, I love that because I'm currently in that stage of my journey of experimenting with intuitive dancing. Um, And I feel like it's such just like a release of you're actually able to be in that moment instead of worrying about everything else going on. Um. But I know when I started it, it was very difficult because I constantly was in my head, even though I like started in my room by myself at night, I constantly was just like, oh, like so-and-so would think this or this or this and just like fine. And that helped me realize how much was actually going on in my head. I needed to work through that. Did you have similar experiences or were you just definitely no definitely (laughs) I realized that I was my own worst judge basically because when when you're in this static dance or this sort of intuitive dance and you do it with other people people are so focused on their dance that they're not even looking at you they're just Mm -hmm. enjoying themselves enjoying the movement and the music they're not even looking at or paying attention to you so I didn't feel this external uh 
regard from from other people but i felt it from myself i was like oh my god this is so stupid i can't believe i'm gonna do this and this movement is way too sexy you shouldn't be moving your hips like that you need to be a good girl you know all of these thoughts that i had in my mind and i remember the first classes it's like it's it's very strange you know to actually start listening to your body and to actually be present and to actually just let it do what it wants to do without judging it, without telling a story about it, without making it mean anything about anything. So definitely, definitely it was, um, it was a whole journey to be able to feel my body and let it do what it wanted to do and not judge it, not be, not be my own worst judge, basically. I know. I think a lot of people have that and they just, the judgment that we have on ourselves is a whole other like thing to work through. Um, and for me going into this whole realm of like my own spiritual and healing journey, I learned that and learned it. I had the ability to change it and to stop some of those judgments. Um, what would you recommend for someone who is just starting? What do you recommend they start with just like a meditation or kind of move into more intuitive movements or like journaling? Like where would someone start? For me, meditation is the basis of everything because I think when you want to get to know someone, you spend time with that person, right? And you ask questions to that person. Where did you, where do you come from? What are you doing? How do you feel right now? What do you need? How could I make you feel better? We, we ask things, but when we want to get to know ourselves, we also need to allocate some time to being with ourselves. And how do you feel about this? What, how many perspectives can we take on this situation? What is the best thing you could do? How can I make you feel better? What do you need right now? And I think sometimes we just need to stop the world, get back, go back into ourselves and just, just listen. And I think all the truth is already there and it's just waiting to come out. It's just waiting for, for silence. The thing is that intuition and it, it speaks at a very, very low volume and the world notifications and the news and all of this, it speaks at a very high volume. So you will never be able to listen to your intuition if there's all of this noise around you. So we need to get rid of all the noise, turn that into silence, and we just need to let our intuition come out um, with this very low volume. I completely agree with that because... um well, like a lot just like sunk in on that one. But I think so often it's obviously easier to just deal with the noise. And sometimes it's scarier to go inwards. And so I know a few of my clients that I've been working with have trouble with the meditation piece because they're almost scared of their answers. Um, they don't necessarily want to face what their intuition is telling them and not necessarily face it, but just acknowledge that they've been ignoring it for a little bit. Um, so what would you recommend for them if they are nervous about the meditation? Well, before you get into that one, actually, what type of meditation do you do? Is it just like silent meditation or guided meditations? Typically like guided, guided, guided meditations. And 
um, personally, I love visualizations. If I can Same. see things, you know, uh, see your dream life, see your dream day, your dream week, whatever. If you can just see things, I'm a very visual person, so it helps. Some other people uh, are more into movement, so maybe dancing will help more for for those people. Some people are more into um you know, the, the auditive side of, of things. So maybe affirmations will be more interesting, but I know for visual people, uh, and I include myself in that group, uh, visualizations are like so powerful. If I can see it in my, if I can see it in my mind, I can see it in my life afterwards. Yes. Same. And I think it's important for anyone to figure out the type that works for them. Like you were just saying how, you figured out your visual, like a visual person. So the guided visualizations work for you. Whereas some other people, I know one of my friends, she can really connect deeply with her intuition through movement. And Hmm. she's like, I struggle like sitting down and doing a visualization. And I'm like, that's fine. Like do what you need to do to hit that moment. Um, And so it's a lot of just like figuring it out. And I think when people start their journey, they think there's just one way. I know I thought that. I was just like, there has to be like one formula to get to where everyone is. And there's not like everyone is completely different. And the way to figure out your own formula is to like be able to tune into your intuition and figure out what she needs and where to go with that. But um, yeah, so you figured that out and you started doing meditations. How do you pick out your meditations? Do you do the same ones all the time or do you just... I change. I change depending on if I feel like I need to, you know, really sit with myself and really listen to myself. I don't want to listen to anyone else. So I will just put music and just Mm -hmm. sit with myself for 15 minutes, 20 minutes every morning. Or if there's something an emotion that I feel, for instance, I don't know if I feel uh, angry or fearful or anxiety or whatever is coming up, I will look for meditation, a guided meditation on that emotion in particular. So it's more guided towards um, towards that. And that's basically what I tried, what I did with my podcast. I also created guided meditations and they are targeted for different things. They're targeted for different emotions. They're targeted for before an important meeting, before an important exam, for different moments in life. Um, Because I found that that was what helped me and I wanted to create something um, similar, but at the same time different for, for my audience and my community. And I think that's important to note that there are different meditations. It doesn't always have to be like a 15, 20 minute meditation. I know when I started, I thought, I needed to be able to sit for like 45 minutes straight. Um, and I hated it because mm. I it was like brand new to me. And I could not sit for 45 minutes straight. And I'd just be like opening up my eyes, like looking at my phone, you know, like how much longer of this? Um, so knowing that there are other ones out there that sometimes it's like a two-minute meditation and you don't necessarily always have to be sitting for like a very long extended period of time, which... Some people push off meditating because of that. Um, so do you normally do like longer meditations or do you do mixes throughout the day of like? Normally what works for me, and again, as we said, this is very yeah. personal, but what mm-hmm. works for me is to do 15 to 20 minutes every morning. Um, but I think for a person who's starting, um, you can sit for five minutes 
and you can do five minutes meditations for, because this is like training, like any sport, you know, you don't just go to the gym and lift weights, you know, <laughs> lift a hundred pounds the first day. You go first day and you get yourself moving, you know, and you take a couple of, of pounds and then you do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little, little bit more. With meditation, it's exactly the same. We start with five minutes. We do five minutes maybe several times. If we feel like we have mastered those five minutes, we can go for 10. Then we do it again, 15, 20, and then eventually we can try more things. But I would start with five minutes just with the aim of these, these five minutes are a gift that I'm doing to myself. Because the other thing that sometimes I... I discuss with my clients is that some people see meditation as an obligation. You know, I, I need to eat healthy. I need to do sports and I need to meditate. The moment you say I need to, you have taken all the pleasure away from the equation. So meditation is not a need. You don't need to do anything. It's just a beautiful gift that you give to yourself for five, 10, 15, 20, whatever you choose minutes. And, and it's important to bring that pleasure back and and the actual sense of why we're doing it we're doing it just to feel good and if it feels like an obligation it's not gonna feel good (laughs) I definitely fell into that when I started um because once I started really getting into meditation and yoga and all of that I started to tell myself it needed to be part of my morning routine or my evening routine and if I didn't do it then it was like a failure at the routine And when I was able to like step back and realize I didn't need to do it, like I can do it when I want to do it and when I'm in the mood for it. So it is like a pleasurable activity. I started Mm. realizing I ended up meditating way more uh, than I ever did. And sometimes like even like before we jumped on this call, I did like just a like five minute meditation. Um, And I find I do better Again, how we said, it's like different for everyone. I do better with shorter ones throughout the day and then like Mm -hmm. a longer one at night to kind of like recenter. And I always say it would be nice to be able to like wake up and do a meditation. Um, But whenever I try to do that, I fall back asleep. So I've allowed myself time (laughs) and space to like meditate in other ways and know it's okay if I don't wake up and just sit and meditate. Um, When I was... If I can add something, when I was in Thailand on this first retreat, um, we were doing all sorts of meditations, seated, laying down, walking, all sorts of meditations. At a certain point, we did a laying down meditation after lunch. <laughs> I'm out. I, I'm, I'm out. I was out. I, I think I passed out for like one hour. <laughs> yeah. And then I woke up and, you know, I was feeling super guilty. Oh my God, I, I fell asleep. And the monk said, if you fell asleep, it's because your body needed to sleep. So that's perfectly fine. And, you know, going back to compassion, doing things with compassion, we're trying our best. If we fall asleep, it's because we're tired and our body needed that, our bodies needed that. And and then trying to do our best every day. But if it's not the best day today, we can try to do our best tomorrow. There's There's no rush in all of this. And it's all about bringing that pleasure and compassion back into this practice. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's funny you say that because when I did my yoga teacher training, that's what they had said as well, because we did a meditation and like half the room fell asleep during it. Like when it ended, you could still hear people snoring and he was just like, it's okay. Like that's what they needed. We're going to take a break now till everyone kind of wakes up. And I remember I was like during that meditation, just trying to stay awake. So I thought I felt guilty if I fell asleep. And then after that, I was just like, okay, whatever happens in a meditation happens like it's supposed to. I'm carving out this section of time for me. And if that's what my body needs and craves, then that's what it is. Like there's no actual structure of what needs to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you help people. Who do you help? Do you help just women or women and I men? Work, I work mostly with women. Uh, mm -hmm. 25 to 45, um, who feel like there's something missing in their lives. They're at their job and they're like, mm, there has to be something more than this in life. <laughs> they are in yes. a relationship and they're like, oh, there has to be something more. Or, or they're not yet in a relationship and they really crave a relationship. Uh, many different problematics because I, I, I'm a life coach. Um, so I always go back to meditation because I think meditation is going to give us give that person the intuition, the direction, the vision or where that person actually needs to go. Then we work with mindset because of course there's going to be fear, limiting beliefs that are going to come up when you try to go towards that vision. And then all of the art and the magic of, of manifestation to support along the, along the journey. Yeah, I love that. I love the whole like process of starting with the meditation, working into the mindset and then into manifestation. Because sometimes I think people just jump straight to manifestation and they don't necessarily have like a background of really what it is. They kind of just see what it is on social media. Mm. And I know I've had a few clients be like, okay, like I put out into the universe what I wanted and I just sat there and nothing happened. And I'm like, well, they're not just going to like give it to you with no action. Like there's other stuff that needs to be happening. It's not just like a magic wish and like poof, it's in front of you and your whole life is flipped upside down. Um, so when you're teaching about like mindset and merging into manifestation, how do you kind of blend the two of like, we've done the meditation, we're working into mindset and now we're going to put out what we want and like create that life that we feel yes. in our heart that we want. The thing with manifestation and what we typically say is that you need to be in the same frequency as your wishes. So if you have limiting beliefs and fears and all of these things that are holding you back, you're not going to be an energetic match for your dream, for your wish, for your manifestation. So basically what we need to do is we need to clean all of those limiting beliefs, clean all of those fears, all of the things that might, might be coming up, all of the emotions that might be holding us back. And when we clean all of those, we are naturally those things. When we want a relationship and we want to find love, um, we hold inside of ourselves already that vibration. We, we are love. All our life is love. There's love all around us. So basically all we need to do is, all we need to do <laughs> is <laughs> clean, you know, some of the things that might be holding us back, some of the stories that made us think that maybe we're not worthy of love that we're not, you know, 
that we don't deserve love, that we can't love properly, all of the stories that we might have around love, all of the fears about being seen, about being intimate, emotionally intimate with another person. So we want to clear away all of those things so that we can actually be what we always were, which is love. And then when we actually tap into that frequency of love and we realize, actually, I've been love the whole time and I was just lying to myself with things that were limiting me and putting me in boxes that were not even that nice. Um, when we clear all of that and we actually, you know, step into the frequency of love, it's just normal and natural that we're going to find that manifestation that we want. For instance, a partner, it's just going to come into our lives and they're going to be so attracted to us because we're already, you know, flowing in love um, in, in all our lives. So I think that's when mindset and manifestation will actually come up together so meditation will give you the clarity where it is that i'm going and maybe you listen you listen to yourself and you feel maybe a little bit lonely you feel like you actually want to share your life your days your projects your dreams with someone um then we will work into the mindset what are the things that are actually blocking that person from actually having a partner why 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 are what's the type of attachment style that we have what are the fears that we might have so the mindset piece and then the the manifestation piece yeah that is so important of like figuring out what is your own blocks and i think sometimes people are scared to figure out their blocks because doing all that inner work is not necessarily I don't want to say the like fun, but it's not necessarily comfy sometimes to really mm. be honest with yourself the same way it's not always the best like feeling when you're having a very honest conversation with someone mm. um, and figuring it all out. And sometimes it takes more than one conversation to get there. Um, so do you do shadow work or any of that? Do you like go into that or do you just do a different form of going into those limiting beliefs. Yes, yes. Depending on the client, so everything is personalized um, and tailor-made for that person. But depending on the client, we will do shadow work. Sometimes depending on the person, the story and, and everything, looking under the rug is not comfortable, you know. And I always like to say that this is not for the faint of heart. This is for brave women, brave men. Um, who are ready to look under the rug and some, it's not comfortable. But the thing is, if you keep putting things under the rug, it's just going to stay there forever and you're not going to evolve into the things that you actually want in your life. So it's not comfortable. It's not nice. There's going to be some tears shed. <laughs> but I can promise you that it gets so much better on the other side, so much better on the other side. So it's worth the the effort and uh, it's worth the courage of going and looking into those things. Do you think you ever can get to a point where you're done with under the rug and under all the shadow work? No. I know I have like some people that come to me and they're like, okay, I'm ready to work, but like when will I be done with it all? And I'm like, <laughs> this is, I think it's a practice, you know, same with meditation, same with mm -hmm. yoga. Um, self-development and becoming you know a better version of yourself I think it's a practice of a lifetime and that's the beauty of it I mean if we could do everything in six months we would get bored Wait. done check 
next project, you know? Yeah. What are we doing now? And this is a practice of a lifetime. And, and the interesting thing about it is that there's always new, you know, this phrase, new, de uh, new levels, new devils. So new things will come up and there's new reflections that need to take place and there's new work that needs to be done. Um, but I think it also, there's a point where you really connect with fundamental things in life. You connect with love, you connect with peace, you connect with abundance. And that from that point onwards, things just get easier because you are aligned and you're feeling all of those beautiful vibrations in your body. So things do get easy. It's not always, you know, tough and looking under the rug and it's... Things do get easy eventually, but even, even in that point, there's going to come up a new idea, a new thought, a new emotion. And if you're curious enough, you're going to be like, hmm, what is this trying to teach me? What am I supposed to learn through this experience? Why is this happening? Um, and actually learning from everything, actually everything that we have around us is just an excuse to learn and to evolve. If we have a relationship, whether that's with a partner or with friends and there's a conflict Um, what am I supposed to, what can I learn from this? If we have a, a career and there's maybe some issues, what can I learn from this? If we have a business and there's some issues, what can I learn from this? When things are going nicely and beautiful, what can I learn from this? How can I be even more grateful? So there's, I think the external world is just an excuse to continue learning and to continue getting better and better and better. Um, and when I say better, it just means closer to, Uh, to your higher self and, and your best version, which is very, very personal and very tailor-made, of course. Yeah. And it is so important to work towards getting to that version. I think, at least for me, I personally think that like that is where I want to be and I want to do whatever I can in my own power to help myself get there. Whereas by ignoring all the stuff kind of brings you the other way. Um <laughs> And like you had said before, how it's like the gym, like you don't just show up and lift a hundred pounds, like right away. It's the same with just going through everything. At first, when I started shadow work and really going into my limiting thoughts and beliefs and like subconscious programming, it was so hard and so uncomfortable to sit down and like call myself out on it. But as like over time, it got so much easier just because I like built up that practice of going in. Um, so like you said, it gets better. And one way of it getting better is it's just like easier because you've built up the momentum to make it a normal practice within your life. Um, but I also like how you brought up about the positive side of it. because I think a lot of times when people hear it, they immediately go into everything that's wrong in their life mm. and like not actually paying attention to what they already have around them and the abundance that surrounds them. So what would you give, like what type of advice would you give to someone who is constantly like, well, I'm doing the work, I'm going into all my limiting beliefs, but that's all they're focusing on is like how they have to improve and why they're so bad and why they're stuck where they're stuck. Like how could they kind of shed some light to see what's around them and that mm -hmm. they're not as far behind as they really think they are. Yes. Again, I think sometimes we can be our worst judges and we say things to ourselves that we would never say to a best friend or to someone. 
Um, yeah, never. <laughs> never. We would never say, oh, you look, yeah, look at you. You look like this on a picture. You would never yeah. say that to a friend. Never. And if you do, they're not your friend. Like, <laughs> they're you not your friend. That. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> yes. So I think one way to, um, there's two things. First of all, if we feel like we are a little bit stuck or if we're focusing a little too much on, on the shadow side of things and we want to see some light, I would just think, okay, who was I five years ago? What was I saying? How I was behaving? How would I react to the same situation five years ago? And how I respond to this situation right now? And I think when we take a little bit of perspective, we will see that we have actually grown a lot. The thing with spiritual development and self-development is not like, it's not, quantum jumps and we love to talk about you know this quantum jumps and quantum leaps i think self-development and spirituality is very little it's small detail one day small detail one day small detail one day when you look back you are a completely different person that is responding to the same situation in a very different manner and that's when you see how much you have grown in these past five years for example and at that point, I think it's about talking to yourself the same way you would talk to your best friend. To your best friend, you would say, maybe if she's feeling stuck on a certain situation, you would be like, but look at you, you have done all of this. You reacted in a completely different way this time. You responded very differently. You should be proud of yourself. We would be so loving. And if that friend, maybe she's just having like a bad week, would be like, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to just go grab an ice cream? We would be completely different with that best friend that we are sometimes with ourselves. So I would suggest those two things, looking into who we were five years ago and also talking to ourselves the way we would talk to our best friend from this very loving, supporting, compassionate manner that sometimes we we lack with ourselves and we can be much more severe. I know I can be very severe. <laughs> oh, I can too. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> um, and when you brought up the like look back for like five years ago, I literally got goosebumps because I like thought back to five years ago. And I feel like I do this a lot within my own practice of looking back, but just even thinking of when I was back in the classroom and how like burnt out and like drained energetically I was because my boundaries were non-existent mm-hmm. um, and seeing now where I am, like that really is a huge difference and a really great exercise to do if you haven't done it before, because I literally could feel it within my body, just the difference of the two and where I am now. And so when you look back you you just started uh, full-time in your business. So it's not necessarily like five years ago, but five years ago, you were somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel you have shifted over the five years? Mm, I feel like it's two different, two different characters, you know? I know. 20, 2018 and 2023. In 2018, I was, uh, I was living in Paris, so different city. Uh, different cities also bring up different things in us. Uh, but I was very uh, stressed. I was in this perfectionistic mode, trying to do everything perfect uh, with a lot of stress in my body, with a lot of yeah, anxiety. 
and also very disconnected from love, very disconnected from my intuition, very disconnected from my body. And if I look back in these five years, I found out that actually I am love, I am peace, I am abundance, I am all of these things. I, because of meditation, I was able to develop my intuition way more to a point that I'm like, I, I just know things. I just know if this is right, if this is wrong. I just, I just know. And, and then I became much more in contact with my body. You know, I, I can notice immediately, mm, this is a little stiff. Maybe I'm feeling a little bit, you know, anxious, whatever. Like I know exactly what's happening when it's happening and that allows me to, if I pay attention and I follow that, it allows me to to adjust. And I think if I could just summarize, I think I was a little machine maybe five years ago, you know. I had a goal in my mind. I've always been very determined. I'm still very determined. Um, but five years ago, I was a little machine just going where I was supposed to be going, regardless of my intuition, regardless of my body, regardless of anything. Um, and now I'm just much more, you know, in my body, in my, and I trust my, my knowing, my intuition much more. And I am making decisions from a completely different place. And I think the Mercedes from five years ago would have never imagined to end up <laughs> where I am right now, you know, having my own business, working with women, working in, in mindset and development, self-development and spirituality and all of these things. Um, she would have been actually quite judgy of it, maybe. <laughs> because she had, she had other values, you know. She saw mm -hmm. life from a very different perspective. Um, but I'm very happy. This, I can tell you that this version is much happier than the other version. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm the same way. I, there's no way I would have believed you five years ago if you could have like shown me that this was my future. Um, and so within that, how did you end up making up the decision or not the decision, but like, how did you end up shifting knowing that where you were in that machine like state of like, just always working, working, working. That's how I was too in the classroom. Like everything just went poured right back into it. Cause I wanted all these goals within that side. When did that first little like thought come up? that you wanted to kind of merge into this space and maybe start your own business? Like, how did that end up the first time it like came up where did you just like shut it down or did you do your meditation and like go into it and you're like, here I am now. I think what really helped me to understand what I wanted to do and maybe how it could even look like was actually coming in contact with some and having what we call an expander, so someone that already has what you want to have. So I didn't even know that all of these things existed, you know, that coaching was a thing, that you could actually have a very successful business in the coaching industry. Um, I had some limiting beliefs around coaching or even psychologists or therapists. I know you would, I thought you would only have like, you know, some sessions here and there. I didn't think you could actually have like a very interesting business um, alongside that and and I just came in contact with with some there was a lot of you know yoga self-development all of this there was a huge quest um, 
but what really helped me was coming in contact with an expander, Sam in this case, and actually saying, this is actually possible. This is actually interesting. And I think actually this could um, this could reflect some of the things that I want for my life. Because also when I thought about entrepreneurship and all of these things, when I think about the word entrepreneurship, it takes me into a completely different territory. It takes me into um, a guy doing an app, creating an app, and actually going to um, found, to do fundraising in Silicon Valley. And that is not how I see myself. <laughs> and also this guy, he works 24-7, and that is not how I see myself. <laughs> so then, you know, just finding women who who want to have a business that is heart led from the heart. They want to do the right thing for their clients. They really want to help their clients. At the same time, because they're doing a good job, the business is super successful. At the same time, you get to have a lifestyle of freedom. You can work from home. You can work from whatever you want around the world. And then just finding women who were actually doing something that resonated with uh, with what I wanted to do. I think that's when, that's when I said, it could actually be this. It could actually be coaching and having this sort of lifestyle and, and living, leading this business and living this kind of life. Um, but yeah, it was actually an expander. I think expanders are so important. And at the beginning, I like was just like you, my expander in my mind, not that I necessarily picked it, was like a male working 24-7, like just chasing people with sales, like selling, selling, selling. And I was just like, that's not what I want. I'm going to stick with the classroom. And finding other people out there in the community that I can see their type of business and how they run it and know that that is also an entrepreneur and like shifting the narrative in my mind of what it was. It doesn't have to be this male that is just sales, 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 and like constantly selling 24 seven. Um, and going back to before we even hit record, we talked a bit about the transition into your like business as full time and figuring out that balance of your schedule and how you actually can embody the business owner that you want to be. And some people try to stick with the nine to five, which works for some people. For me, that does not work. I realize like I end up wasting so much time and doing busy work. If I work, if I like clock in at nine and end at five, I have done so much busy work that is not moving my business forward. So how would you recommend someone or how do you even like structure your day now as a full-time business owner? Yeah, I think it all depends on your energy levels in and understanding your body. Um, there are some quizzes that you can take on your chronotype so that you can understand if you're more of an early bird and it's better for you to wake up early in the morning, get a lot of things done in the morning, and then by 6 p.m. you have no brain left. There's some other people, you know, it takes time for them to wake up. You kind of talk to them before 11 a.m., but by 8 p.m. they're like, boom, let's do it. I'm going to conquer the world. So it's all about understanding your body. 
I'm always, I've always been an early bird. So for me, what works for my specific body is to wake up at seven, maybe start working. I do all my meditation, sports, morning ritual, let's call it. And I start working at nine. Um, I like to do an intermittent fasting. So I won't eat anything in the morning just to, because I want to be like super focused and, and clear. And I really enjoy it. It's not a sacrifice at all. Then I will stop and have lunch around 12.30 maybe, um, work until 6. And then after 6, I have no more brain. So that's when I chill. I spend time with my boyfriend. We go for a walk. I spend time with my dog. I do things that don't require me to think anymore. And then at 10 p.m., I just can't talk. It's like I am zero 20% battery I'm just in economy saving saving energy mode and then I go to bed at 11 but that's what works for me you know if 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 there's there's some people who are like super early birds and what works for these people is to wake up even earlier maybe 5 a.m and they start they do maybe some sports or they do meditation whatever they want to do they start working super early seven eight and that's their genius zone so it's all about finding which moment of the day is your genius zone is it 8 a.m. Is it 10 a.m.? For me, it's my genius zone. I can conquer the world between 10 and 12. Or is it 8 p.m.? And then building your days around, around that. Yeah, I think that is so important. And I think experimenting to figure it out is also because I always thought I was a morning person because I had to get to work early um, when I was in the classroom. Like I did it for years. So I was just like, oh, I must be a morning person. And I have learned that I enjoy more of a slower morning and having time to get in movement and get in meditation and just like ground myself before going into my work. Whereas when I was in the classroom, it was like my alarm went off, got in the car and went straight to work. So I was just like frazzled and like a mess. Um, but when I became a business owner, I was like, oh, well, I must still do mornings. Like I must be a morning person and learning like it's okay to kind of shift. And I have found one of the reasons I started my own business was for more of a freedom lifestyle and being able to do things I want to do. So I usually plan my week around tasks that will help my energy, whether that's like getting a coffee with a friend or just like calling someone. And I plan that first in my schedule. I do have like blocked off zones of like my genius hour of like, this is when I fully focus, which is kind of the same 10 to like one is like my focus hour. And then besides that, I kind of plan. I feel like I'm still in the experimenting mode of figuring out exactly what works, but right now it's all working. So but that's super interesting. This. That's super interesting because you plan, you know, for how you're going to raise your energy, how you're going to raise your vibration through your week rather than, and how you're going to add pleasure if you want into your week rather than, okay, this is what I must do. Bah, 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 and then there's no time for pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's that's amazing. how I like, Yeah. So I felt like I was, when I first morphed into full-time in my business, I started to feel myself burning out because I started just like, I have to get this done and this done and this done. And I just filled every hour with stuff because I felt like I was constantly behind, even though I had just started. So I wasn't behind. 
But again, those thoughts can come in and like taking a step back and realizing that I can build up my energy, which is the whole reason why I left more of a corporate schedule. Um, And I feel like every week ends up looking a bit different just based on what's happening, but it has really helped me looking at it that way. That's a beautiful hack. (laughs) I recommend trying it out. Um, But I also have found figuring out what you actually have to get done in your business because some people make a lot of busy work. I know that was me at the beginning. I was like, okay, well, I have to do like this, this, and this. And really at the end of the day, it wasn't doing anything for my business, but I called it like as doing a bunch of work and I would fill my like genius hour, like my 10 to one o'clock hour, which is work that not that it didn't matter, but work that wasn't, didn't need that much of my focus and attention at that time. So how did you figure out like what to put in your hours that you're like full focus mode? How are you able to, and I know you're just like getting started with it all, but how are you able to figure out when it's your genius hour, like this is what I'm focusing on. I think, and it's quite an art to be able to understand, okay, this is going to move the needle for my business. And and it's an art. And I think we can always, you know, play around and then we will realize, okay, this actually moved the needle. This actually didn't move the needle. So we need to do a little bit of playing around and trying. But once we know, um, I know that what is actually going to move the needle right now for my business is selling. <laughs> so, I mean, I can do beautiful, uh, amazing content. I can do beautiful podcasts. I can do whatever I want. But what is actually going to move the needle is selling. So I, what I do is I actually plan my week. So on Mondays, I do CEO day. So it's all about strategy, sales, how I'm doing versus my targets. And and then actually start, you know, contacting people and actually selling, discussing with people and actually selling and, and making that a priority on Mondays. Then Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I do sessions, um, coaching sessions with my clients. And then Fridays are more of the creative day where I will shoot content, record post podcast episodes, um, because I think each of those activities has a very different energy. When you are in strategic CEO mode, you know, you need your mind, you get strategic, you get silent and you, and you decide, you make, you make your calls, you start selling if you need to. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, Thursdays, which are the days where I'm with my clients, it's all about, okay, how can I be the channel that they need? How can I be the best mirror that they need to have right now in this coaching session? How can I give them, you know, all of my compassion, all of my love, all of my zero judgment so that they can actually experience transformation. And then on Fridays, it's all about creativity and it's all about divergent thoughts. Okay, maybe this idea sounds cool. I'm just going to go and explore and see what happens. And maybe it turns into a reel or it turns into a podcast episode. So there are three very different energies. And I liked working with team days because then I can tap fully into those energies. And enjoy them, really. Yeah, I do very similar. I have themed days. And 
almost like how we were talking about within the day, your like energy level and your battery by the end of the day. I feel like it also is within the work week of like Monday to Friday. By Friday, I cannot be sitting there trying to build out like a strategy plan. Like my mind can't do it anymore. Like I need the weekend to like recharge my mind. So Mondays is always like my strategy planning it out. Whereas like Friday, like you, I'm doing more of the content, not that it's not as much in your brain, like heavy lifting, but it's more of a way for me to just like express and have a different side of my energy come out where I don't have to use the part of my brain that's like planning, planning, planning. It's more of like the fun side of it. Exactly. Exactly. It's two different hemispheres. If you want one is more rational, the other one more creative and emotional. And it's nice to have days where you can tap into each of those and really enjoy each of those vibrations and hemispheres. <laughs> I know. So what has been your favorite thing so far about being full-time in your business? To me, it's the fact that I have a to-do list that I love. <laughs> That's the best feeling. The best feeling. You know, when I was in corporate, I had this to-do list and I would be like, oh my God, I hate them all. Maybe I would love one thing, you know, I was like actually excited about that one thing. But maybe out of 30, 40 things that I had to do, I would hate them all with my full body. And now it's like I put things on my to-do list and I'm excited. Like I want to actually do them and I want to do them now. I remember that when I was in corporate, I would actually procrastinate a lot because I didn't want it to do all of those things. And now I actually want to do them. I want to see them happening. I want to see the results. So I'm like excited about my to-do list, which sounds weird, <laughs> but I am. And I actually want to do them and I do them much quicker, much better. And and I just feel excited every day. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do today? And, and I feel excited about doing things, you know, because there's a purpose behind it. There's a reason why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. And, and I just find... I feel inspired all the time by the people that I'm talking to, my clients, other coaches that I connect with, um, with the things that I'm doing. So it's all like lifting me up. And what I realized, because I'm also more in contact with my body, every time I finish a session, every time I finish recording a podcast, like right now, every time I finish something, I feel more excited than when I started. So it's actually... Every activity that I do is just lifting my energy up. Whereas before, um, after a meeting, I would feel like dead inside, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of a school day, I was ready to just go sit on the couch. And at the end of like a day right now, I'm like, okay, what else can we do? Like, I'm ready to like keep going and feeling that energy shift. Like I definitely five years ago, I would tell you there's no such thing as that type of like a shift of energy and actually feeling it within your body. Um, but it's like, it's the best feeling, like just loving what you're doing and knowing that you have created this lifestyle where you can do what you love and it's okay. Like there is room for you to be you and authentically you. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's the best feeling. Yes, 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 yes. Well, is there anything else you want to share or where can people find you? Uh, so people can find me on Instagram at Mers Castellani. So that's M-E-R-S-C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I. 
Um, I'll have that in the show notes too. So yes, you can just it's click be the link. Easier. And yeah, this is super, super amazing time to, to share with you, to share with your audience. And thank you so much for, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited for this episode to go out. Um, and I feel like I've learned a lot. So I know everyone listening will get a lot out of it as well. And thanks for taking time out of your day to come on. A pleasure. I, <laughs> I feel much more lead up right now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm ready to go. It's like still the morning for me. <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's keep going. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it on Instagram and tag both of us. I'll put both Instagrams in the show notes so you can easily click it and go there. Um, and yeah, thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, everyone. Okay, have a good week. That's a wrap for today's episode of Embracing Your Energy. I hope you found today's topic helpful and inspiring on your journey towards self-discovery and manifestation. Remember, small steps lead to big changes, so keep practicing the techniques and exercises we've discussed. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow the podcast to stay up to date on new episodes and to never miss a chance to expand your growth and potential. And if you feel like this podcast is resonating with you and you would like to support it, please rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find it. Also, I would be so grateful if you would share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you decide to share it on social media, please be sure to tag me at jenmurphy.co. The more headphones and hearts we reach, the more people we can help on their journey towards self-discovery and manifestation. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time on Embracing Your Energy. Remember, it's time to let go of those limiting beliefs, make those much needed mindset shifts, and finally manifest abundance and success. Get ready to step into your power and finally start embracing your energy. All right, take care, my friend.